Um, it was a few years ago that I got to know um, Don and, and Jackie Raglan. I had uh, first met Josh Muse uh, a, a, little, a few years earlier, and then they asked me to come and do some teaching at the mission schools, which I've now been doing for ever since they've been doing it. I, I've, I've taught at every one of the schools. Uh, and so now I now it's like a challenge. Like I don't want to miss one. <laughs> Got to keep my perfect attendance score. Um, but I asked them. I said, you know, what draw you, drew you to Kaleo and and why? Are, I mean, literally, they they have moved and lived now um, a majority of the time in Mexico to facilitate and lead the mission school, the church planning school, the uh, leadership schools to help oversee the team of missionaries that are based there, and, and then they travel all over the world. And, you know, they have many decades. They've been serving the Lord for 40 years, as I have, and have worked with many ministries. And I said, so what, what you know, why Kaleo? And it was very clear. They said, of all the ministries, and I hope I quote you correctly, is that Kaleo is the most authentic expression of Christianity that you had encountered. Is that? And, and, and when they said that, I'm like, those are perfect words. Because I also um, just would, with total honesty uh, and being completely straightforward, Kaleo is the most authentic expression of a, a Christian ministry that I've ever seen, that I've ever worked with, and I've worked with many, many. And I'm not saying that to put down any of the others. I'm just saying what I see in Kaleo is, is so precious, and they, they walk that fine line of, of having uh, solid biblical um, foundations, but totally free in the Holy Spirit, doing radical stuff, but also laying a good foundation of getting people's hearts healed up. And so uh, I, likewise, have been drawn to that, and I'm encouraged by that. And it's been a desire for years to get these folks up here. And, and listen, it's not easy <laughs> to, to get these people here, all right? Because you know what? They're always somewhere else. They're, they're gone. They're, I mean, they, Don just got back from South Sudan, and their travel schedule is very, very packed. We actually set this up uh, uh, last year. We found a date that would work. And so it is a true uh, blessing to have both Don and Jackie and then also Josh here at the same time. And I strongly encourage you to receive what they have because they're they're bringing uh, uh, they're speaking out of decades of ministry of serving God passionately uh, um, and in many different ministries different aspects but they have such a rich word um, another aspect I just want to share it's you know I I've really gotten to know these folks I've I've ate many many meals I've stayed in their home homes <laughs> they have a home in Tennessee and a home in Mexico and I've been able to uh, be at both and and so these people are the real deal and then tonight when Josh comes and and Don and Jackie are here it's the grand finale of the weekend I strongly encourage you to come and receive it this is a Kairos moment a moment where God is doing something so would you give a big warm welcome to Don Raglan as he comes up and shares
thank you, Cameron. Uh, and it has likewise been such a joy and blessing in our life to get to know you and now your greater family here in, uh, in, on Nichols campus, I guess, of, of New Day. Now, um, I've, I've gotten several questions about the upcoming leadership school, so I'm going to take just a moment uh, before I start the message and just explain what's coming up. Uh, we're getting ready to begin July 11th, a three-week-long leadership school in Tennessee. Um, the uh, applications for that close what, Monday or Tuesday. Uh, so the, it's getting close, but if you have any interest in, in your schedule would allow the, on such short notice, you can go online to kaleointernational.org, look at that, and uh, there's an application thing to fill out. If you, uh, if you need a few days to think about it, just contact us if you're interested and you just need to take a few days to sort that out schedule-wise, and we can make it happen even after the deadline date closes. Uh, we worked those applications through Iris Global, and so we have to have a cutoff date for all just the administration stuff to get done, but we also can work around that if we know someone is interested. Then in October, starting, I don't remember the exact date, the third, October 3rd, and in Reynosa, Mexico, we'll be having also a leadership school. The, uh, the format, the curriculum is much the same. The teachers are much the same. We have the best teachers in the world, by the way, coming. Amen. Including yours, yours truly, <laughs> Pastor Cameron. So, um, and when we are super blessed. We, we have international speakers coming as well as indigenous speakers in, in Mexico um, that just do an amazing job. Um, the school there, the difference in the two schools is that the Mexico school is bilingual. Normally about half of our student body there is Mexican or Latino, and the other half is international. So if you're interested in either of those, you feel free to ask us after the service some more questions, go online to look at it, or sign up. It's a spirit moves you. Oh, this, this year, in the following the uh, leadership school in Mexico, the following week, Monday through Friday, we're offering three intensive courses. One in worship, one in business, and one in Christian counseling. And so that's Monday through Friday. So if you come to the leadership school, you can stay over for that if you, if you choose to do so. Okay? All right. Let's get into the Word. I want you to turn, if you've got your Bibles, to Matthew chapter 16. beginning in the first verse. And uh, you, you will appreciate in just a few moments what I'm about to say. I so appreciate the way the Holy Spirit gets everybody on the same page on the same day because the, the words that have been given this morning, uh, the, uh, even the comments by, by Cameron and by Bill just a moment ago, are perfectly in line with the message he put on my heart to share with you. So, I was just sitting over there going, yeah, go, go. <laughs> All right, Matthew 16. Then the Pharisees and the Sadducees came and testing him, testing Jesus, asked that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said to them, when it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red, and in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the time. So I guess my, my leading question this morning is how well do you see? How good is your vision, spiritually speaking? 
it is extremely important that we understand that there are special seasons and times in life, that all of our life is divided into basically two different types of seasons. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. One of my just kind of favorite verses from the Old Testament is in Zechariah chapter 2. It's talking, uh, the setting is like the return of the Jews from the Babylonian exile, beginning of the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. And Zechariah prophesied this. He said, stand still before the Lord, all humanity, for God is getting ready to spring into action from his holy habitation. And it's like, well, what, what's God been doing all this time? Has he just like been doing nothing? <laughs> no, but it was a special season that God had ordained long before that then he shared with his prophets to be shared with his people to prepare them so that they could respond correctly. Did you get that, that flow? Okay. It's a special time God had long ordained to bring things together for a certain purpose. He shared that with his prophet who could share it with his people so they would be prepared to respond properly when the time came. This is how God works. Okay? This, uh, we, we see what we are prepared to see, what we expect to see. This is, this is how magicians do their stuff, right? Based on our past experience, we expect the coin in the hand to act a certain way. And we don't really see what they're doing because we're not prepared. But if a trained magician is watching that, he knows exactly where to look to see the sleight of hand. He catches it almost all the time. It's hard for one magician to fool another magician because they know what to look for. Right? The same is true in, in almost all walks of life. If there's 10 people on a street corner and they see a car accident, you're going to get vastly different reports depending upon what those people have been trained to do. If you have a trained police officer there, he's going to see things that everyone else missed. Okay? Because everyone else is caught up looking at drama, looking at things that got their attention, it, uh, affected by their emotions of the moment. Okay? So you train what you're prepared and trained to see. This is how the, the people trained to identify counterfeit bills for the FBI or fraud detectors that go into banks and do audits. They can find what others overlook because they're trained to see it. They know what they're looking for. They're expecting to find things, so they're looking for it. The same is true in the spiritual realm. What you have allowed the Holy Spirit to prepare your heart to see will be what you see. If you have not done that, you may miss it. And this has been the story of all humanity. It's been the story of God interacting with humanity. Remember when Jesus, near the end of his ministry, was coming back into Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, and he looked out over Jerusalem, he began to cry. He said, how often I would have gathered you together and protected you like a hen protects her, her chicks, but you would not. And now destruction is coming because you could not discern the times of your visitation. Everyone saw the same thing circumstantially, but they could not see the same thing spiritually. And it has great effect. So how this breaks down uh, kind of 
biblically and, and looking at the different words of Scripture and the different examples is the two words used in the Greek New Testament for time. Okay? And so we've been talking this morning already twice about kairos times, but the other is chronos times. So what are the differences? Let's just put a, a little definition on it so we know what we're talking about. So chronos times is simply the marking of time. Okay? The, the seconds, the minutes, the days, the, the, uh, the months, the years, the epochs of your life, my life, of history, and, of, and the history of the world. Marked off in chronos times. Now understand, chronos times is not an accident. The Kronos times have been determined by God for his creation. Okay? He knows the end from the beginning. Kronos, the end from the beginning. Jesus came in the fullness of time. Kronos. Okay? Not Kairos. Kronos. Interesting, isn't it? The, we'll look at an example here with the Israelites. Their, the time of their release from captivity was determined 400 years before. Okay. It was a chronos time when they were delivered from Egypt. But it presented to them with a kairos moment. So chronos and kairos interact with each other, and we're going to talk more about that. This happens in our lives individually, it happens in the lives of churches, and it happens in the history of the world because it's all overseen by God, and both times are equally important. Okay? So, Kairos times are just the normal marking of time. Kairos times, might, we might better understand that by using a word such as a season. Okay? A certain season. It doesn't have anything to do with the time on the watch. It has to do with circumstantially a confluence of events ordained by God, that presents you with a special opportunity. That's a kairos moment. Okay? A confluence of events ordained by God, very important that you understand, it's not happenstance, and it's not something you did. You cannot create a kairos moment for you or anyone else. Gosh, we try. <laughs> we try. Sometimes we expend so much time and energy trying to create kairos moments. You can't. So let me, let me uh, bring you some freedom this morning. Quit trying. Okay? Just take that burden off of you. You cannot create a kairos moment for yourself or for anyone else. You're not God. Kairos moments are a special coming together of events orchestrated by God that present you when you're talking about you as an individual, or present a church, or sometimes present a nation, okay, with a special opportunity. Okay? A unique season that you're not going to be able to recreate. Each of these, Kronos and Kairos, carry their own special um, responsibilities. A Kronos Time, which is how most of our lives are spent. I should say this. Most people's lives will have a handful of true Kairos moments. Okay? Only a handful. A Kairos moment changes your destiny. 
We'll talk more about that in a minute. But most people, because of the excitement that they have experienced in previous Kairos moments, they want to live their whole life in Kairos moments. That's not how we're made. That's not God's plan, and I'll explain why. Kronos moments, Kronos time, is where we live most of our lives. Okay, We're born a certain time, we grow up, we go to school so many years. Um, if most people end up getting into relationships, getting married, okay, having children, working a job, paying the bills, right, going through life, that's good. Because what happens in Kronos moments, if you're following after God, is that is where you are growing up. It's where your character is developing. It's where your roots are growing deep. It's learning where you. It's where you learn how to make commitments. It's where you learn how to follow through. It's where you learn the values of, of work and the values of patience. The chronos moments are where we must be responsible. We must learn how to be responsible human beings, responsible adults, responsible disciples. Is in the chronos moments, not the kairos moments. And if you become fixated on only like the mountaintops, the Kairos moments, many, many people never grow up. They never put down deep roots. They never really become settled with their identity as a son and daughter of God. Roots grow deeper when the ground is dry. Okay? Nobody likes to hear that. <laughs> but it's true. Roots grow deeper during the dry seasons. Now, not all Kronos times are dry. I don't, I don't mean to say that. Because there is tremendous joy to be found in everyday living. If you appropriate your time, if you prioritize the right things during the Kronos season, it is where we learn how to prioritize. It's where we learn the value of those old spiritual disciplines. That sometimes in, in charismatic churches, we, we want to throw those out for some reason. Okay. Like we just want to focus on one or two things that we feel give us life. But the reason that the spiritual disciplines are given to us as a gift from God, it is where we learn how to prioritize our chronos life so that we can grow up and his will can be accomplished in us. So the disciplines of daily prayer, quiet time, your secret place time, reading the word, personal worship, personal service, fellowship, all of those things that are the spiritual disciplines need to become a routine and, and today, for some reason, routine becomes a dirty word, too, in a lot of churches. Routine, they need to become a routine in your life so that God can accomplish his work within you through those disciplines. It takes time to grow fruit. And it takes time to build faith. It takes time to build, build spiritual discernment where it's, it's a sharper level where you can begin to see all that God is doing. That's the Kronos time. Kairos times, again, is a confluence of events ordained by God 
that presents you with a special opportunity. Now, many times those opportunities do not seem to be so good. Most Kairos moments, as a matter of fact, require that you are willing to take a risk. And you may not even see all of the, like, okay, if I take this risk, this is all the wonderful thing that's going to happen. That, that rarely is available to you. What you will see is that this is a time where I feel that God is really moving. He's really doing something in me. He's calling me to a place I'm not comfortable at all what I do with this. He's calling me to a place that I might die. What I do with that? He's calling me to a place I don't understand or to follow someone that I don't understand what they're doing. I don't understand how they think. But I know God's doing something in me, calling me to move that way. I don't understand it. But I know it's God. That's a Kairos moment. See, Kairos moments are not about being comfortable and feeling great and warm fuzzies. Often Kairos moments make you very, very uncomfortable. And what is required in a Kairos moment is kind of the opposite of what's required in a Kronos season. Kairos moments require quick and full obedience. Kronos moments require finding out how to do life in a healthy way, in a godly way, through all the routine of life. Kairos moments require quick and full obedience. And you can only do that if you've been faithful in the Kronos. This is why so many people miss their Kairos moments. They have not been faithful in the Kronos time to allow the Lord to build them and develop them, to give them the faith to see beyond the circumstances, or to give them the faith to step out on the water in the storm when they really don't know if they're going to sink or swim. But Kairos moments present opportunities to you that change the trajectory of your life every time. You may not see it at the time. Bill said this earlier, right? Sometimes you don't see until you look backward. Oh, yeah, that was that moment. But it was a moment of decision. Even when you look back and even when you were in the moment, you realize you have some important decisions to make. You may not understand the full impact. Matter of fact, you won't understand the full impact of that until later. And a, sort of a principle of Kairos moments is that it, it presents you with this unique opportunity, but you must be willing to grab the opportunity during the lifetime of the opportunity. Opportunities don't last forever. Open doors don't stay there forever until you finally make up your mind that you're going to step into what God has offered you. It's just not how God works. Okay? He, he has given you everything to prepare you to be at this moment of decision. And then he says, what will you do? Remember one of the, gosh, the greatest chapters in the Gospel of John is cha chapter 6. Feeding of the 5,000 the, the, uh, all the kind of turmoil that followed over that the next day, which resulted in Jesus doubling down with some really hard teaching about you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And he was purposefully seeing who he could run off. Uh, and he was, okay? And they all left. All the multitudes left. And then you remember what he did. He looked around at his disciples and he said, 
are you going to leave too? He was not begging them to stay. Okay? He wasn't going, oh, are you going to leave too? No, he challenged them. And it was a Kairos moment. And they had to decide where are we going to go. Like, let me just put them a little like Tennessee vernacular on, on their conversation here. Like Peter's going, I do not have a clue what you just did. I didn't understand a thing that you just told everybody. But I see something you know I've never seen anywhere else. Where else am I going to go? Only you've got the words to eternal life. Jesus presented them. He prepared them, and then he presented them with a Kairos moment, a moment of decision. And he challenged them to walk away. Kairos moments will often be times when you feel like quitting. Okay? Kairos moments will often be when you feel like quitting. Everybody wants a breakthrough in life. Right? Who, who's in here today wants a breakthrough in some area of your life? Okay. Do you know what it takes to have a breakthrough? Something has to break. <laughs> okay. <laughs> True. And about 99.9% .9 of the time, what has to break is something within us. Occasionally, it's a circumstance. But rarely is it a circumstance. Circumstances change when the breakthroughs come inside. And then that flows out of you to affect the circumstances around you. Most people want it the other way around. There's a, a principle that is involved in many Kairos moments because it has to deal with your heart, the condition of your heart. And uh, this, this sounds hard. I hope you can receive this. I, I really hadn't even planned on doing this and saying this. But Kairos moments bring you to a place where you realize that you cannot rightly blame the condition of your heart on anyone else. Many people get stuck their whole life because they're blaming the condition of their heart on what someone else did to them. Now, that is not belittling the harm. People do horrendous things to people. There is evil, and it hurts people. And there are people who are victims of evil. So that don't, don't hear what I'm not saying here. But to continue to blame someone else for the condition of your heart is to give them control of your life. And so you're stuck. Freedom comes through forgiveness. And freedom comes through owning your own heart. And then presenting that before the Lord. To heal, to restore, to make whole. There's nothing in you that sin is broken that the love of God cannot fix. Whether it's your love, or excuse me, whether it's your sin, or whether it's an action of sin on someone else inflicted upon you. There's nothing broken about you that the love of God cannot fix. And many Kairos moments bring you to that point. And you have to make a decision. Which way am I going to go? Am I going to take this risk? Am I going to forgive this person? 
uh, a Kairos moment for us uh, this in the last few years because Cameron was talking about our association with paleo. Um, my profession was veterinarian. I uh, practiced for over 34 years. Loved it. Loved it the day I started. Loved it the day I quit. Okay, but I woke up in in uh, January of 2012, um, and I just knew the Lord said, "I want you to sell your business and go into full-time foreign missions." Okay, just like that. At the time, I had seven doctors working for me, a staff of over 30 people. So there was a lot of consideration in that decision, not just us personally. So I waited about a week, and uh, just because I had not heard the audible voice of God, just a super strong impression of knowing that that's what he was saying. So I waited about a week until I was sure and settled in my own heart. And then I went to my lovely wife. Men, I want to tell you, the voice of the Holy Spirit often sounds like the voice of your wife. You haven't figured that out. So I went to my wife and I said, do you feel like the Lord's saying anything special to you right now? And she said, yes. I said, what? She said, oh, he's saying it's time to sell the business and go into full-time foreign missions. Okay. The next day, I went to my partner of 20-plus years. Told him what was going on. And we started the process right then of selling the business. Quick obedience. Because you will find reasons to back out if you delay. Yeah, you can make a whole journal full of reasons to back out. And so we started that journey. It did take a little while. It took about three years to walk through that process. During that time, he had prepared us in several ways to do what he was calling us to do. Part of that was just changing the way I think. He kept telling me continually, you're dreaming too small, you're dreaming too small, you're dreaming too small. Okay. One time he told me you would be content, through a vision, you would be content to work in this little corner of the field. I'm standing with Jesus in this huge field of ripe wheat, and we went up on a little like rock outcropping in the middle of the field, which wheat, wheat fields don't have that, but it was in the vision. So we went up on this little outcropping where we could see the whole field, and he said you would be content to work in one little corner of the field, but I'm calling you to the whole harvest. You're not dreaming big enough. And then we went to uh, Mozambique because he directed us there to the harvest school. And he told us, I'm gonna, I need you to go to, to Mozambique and I will introduce you to the people I want you to work with. And we had no idea who, but we heard clearly the word. So we went there. There was a great prophetic man, a man who operates great in the prophetic, David Wagner, who, uh, first time we'd ever met, he did not know me from Adam. He laid his hands on me and he said, wow. What I hear for you is extreme dreams. You're not dreaming big enough. Okay, and this was after three years of the Lord telling me, you're not dreaming big enough. Okay, my journal's full of those words. But just a few days after that, we met Josh. He came to speak. And immediately when he stood up, we looked at him and said, that's the man the Lord sent us here to meet. After he finished speaking, I, I got up out of my seat and I was just going to walk up and introduce myself. Now, you've met Josh, right? Most of you have by now. He's, he's a dynamic young man. So I, I'll, I'll go to walk up to him, and I get about three or four feet from him, and he goes. Now, we've never met each other, okay? And he puts his hand up. I feel it too, brother. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Boom. We filled out an application that day to work with. When you know, I, I, if I could leave you with anything today, it is this. 
let God prepare you in the Kronos time so that when you see the Kairos moment in front of you, you will take it. Now, God is graceful, okay? He doesn't just discount someone because they miss a Kairos moment, okay? But there are consequences to our decisions, okay? The Israelites I referenced a minute ago, they were brought out of Egypt in a Kronos time that God had ordered and spoken to Abraham more than 400 years before. How did they get there? God took Moses through 40 years of Kronos in the desert, and he presented him with a Kairos moment at the burning bush. Moses said yes, a little reluctantly, <laughs> but he said yes. And then Moses entered a Kronos time of leading the Israelites out of Egypt, which presented them very quickly with a Kairos season, would they go into the promised land? 40 years, 400 years of captivity, two years around Mount Sinai, preparing a few-week journey to the borders of Canaan in a Kairos moment of sending the spies into the land. And their report comes back. And the Israelites said, nope, nope, too much risk, too much risk even though that was the whole point of their deliverance. Too much risk. Did Israel as a nation get to the promised land? Yes. 38 years later. And that first generation all died off. God is a God of second, third, fourth, and 100 chances. Okay. But if you're not careful you will let the fears and the risk overrule the moment. And you won't be ready to take the risk that God presents to you. You'll reason yourself out of it. And you'll enter into a season that you didn't have to enter into until God can bring you and prepare you for the next Kairos moment. See, God really operates his, his world and your life with two calendars. And they overlap each other. One calendar is your chronos life. Your days are numbered. Do you believe that? He knew you before you were born. He knew you while you were being formed in the womb. He knows the day of your death. Your life is numbered before God. But then he has a Kairos calendar for your life that he superimposes over that. And in spite of all of the bad choices people make, in spite of all of the evil in the world, God is sovereign enough and he's powerful enough to be able to let everybody exercise their own free will to do stupid stuff and it still carry, he still carries out his plan for your life and for his creation. Two calendars superimposed over each other. And he prepares you and he calls you for faithfulness in the chronos so you will be ready to jump in the Kairos. And when you jump into the Kairos, you go on a different trajectory than if you re rejected the Kairos moment. Does that make sense? So this morning, I'm going to close up, and I just want to ask you, what season are you in? Okay. 
If you, if you are a person that just likes the routine, especially as it refers to church, you'll start idolizing the rituals of your faith. You'll start idolizing the, the, the way you do church. And it becomes your God. Okay? This is the Pharisee spirit. If you idolize the Kairos moments, you'll never grow up. Okay? You'll always be looking for the next big thing that's going to change your life. When actually God is trying to change your life in the Kronos times. Okay? It takes both. It takes both equally. So what season are you in? Don't miss the opportunity of the season you're in. Okay? How well do you see? Father, I thank you. Thank you for your word. I thank you for preparing all of us by grace and by your love. Jesus. Whoa. Hey, if you have never responded to a Kairos moment to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, that's where it starts. He is beautiful, and the purpose and kind of destiny you sense in the voice of Don, Jackie, and Josh this weekend comes from the Lord. He came and died on a cross for you because he wants to give you purpose in him and bring you into his kingdom. He's doing amazing things in this world. He's, he's redeeming it. All the junk that frustrates you about this world, he's making it right, and you're invited into that. If you've never made him your king and, and come into that kingdom, do it this morning. Come and see me, or the prayer team will be available right in this corner after service ends. Um, make Jesus your Lord.